What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, thank you for joining us. This is the return of It's a Kickback. As you know, this started with uh, me and Marcellus, or Marcellus and I. Um, but uh, I wanted to change the, the layout of it. So now I'm going to be speaking with a bunch of music industry professionals, especially from our area. And this week, uh, we're sitting with DJ Uncanny. Uncanny, how you doing, man? Thank you for joining us. I'm good. I'm good, man. Happy to be here. Appreciate you having me. Man, I, you know, when I first moved back to Jacksonville and I reached out to you about doing a show in uh, Springfield, you were like super helpful. So I'll always appreciate that because you didn't have to do that or send me the recommendations that you did because that, that lineup for that show was just so fire. So, you know, shout out to you um, a little bit uh, about Uncanny and how I know him. Um, not only has he been killing it in the 217, um, he's like very dominant in his area. When I was like, who? when I reached out to people, I was like, who should I work with? They're like, oh, you got to tap in with uncanny i was like okay say less um so yeah if you want to go ahead and kind of tell the people about yourself uh yeah um i'm originally from the east coast been in the been in the 217 area about 20 years i guess um moved here when i was a kid my parents got a divorce um we've been here for familiar familial support since um definitely grew up in the scene started with uh, red carpet records way back in the day i was like sixth grade selling cds at school getting in trouble for doing that um, and just kind of fell in love with uh, with this scene more than music, per se. I like mm -hmm. being around the guys. I like doing stuff. Um, and, and I just stayed tapped in. I was former host of Torch Tuesday, transitioned into kind of an artist manager, road manager, worked with some of the bigger regional artists, tried to break some major artists here in this market um, and been working as a, as a travel DJ, mobile DJ service and artist consultant ever since. Man, you stay busy. You wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the game, though. I respect that. Um, so you said that you uh used to sell CDs in sixth grade. Yeah, man. Uh, red again, red carpet records. Uh, that was Greg Grammer back in the day. Habilius Ricardo, Human Torch. Um, they were actually my older cousin's rap group. Um, and this would have been like, oh man, ninety eight, ninety nine. Um, and they had dropped some merch and had their music come out on cassette tape and was kind of the first guys to have a UPC code. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's in stores they were like the first guys in town to have it so when they released their cds um they gave them to me as promo like hey just go pass these out well when you're in grade school you can't hand out materials with ex explicit content yeah so i got a lot, a lot of trouble for that but that would have been my first like street team experience dang that's crazy that's that's dope that's so so music kind of is in your family then it runs yes, in your family sir. yes sir Dang, that's dope. That's dope. I ain't never had to slang CDs. I'm I'm a little. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you I'm... also say you do like mobile entertainment. Um, so since you are a DJ, what what kind of events do you like to do? Do I like to do just about everything? Um, we do everything from charity events to weddings to uh, uh, weekly at, at, you know, Area 51 there in Jacksonville to DJing parties. We'll be at uh, Truth Lounge for New Year's Eve. Um, I mean, really, we just travel around and kind of get in where we fit in. If you need a DJ, holla at me. Word, word. So how long have you been doing that specifically? Oh, man. 
probably 2014, 2015, I kind of started DJing and it was out of necessity. Um, as a promoter, I was promoting comedy shows and we just had the hardest time because they were weeknights and we weren't really paying a whole bunch. So we had the hardest time finding DJs. DJs, you know, they get paid no matter what, no matter what's going on, the DJ gets paid. Yeah. Um, so we had a hard time with our budget. We had a hard time finding a DJ. And one night I was just sitting there with my MacBook, put on a playlist and it kind of grew from there. Realistically. Yeah. Same, man, same way. I, uh, we did a show out in LA and some, you know, my DJ couldn't make it. Uh, and I was like, shit, I got this laptop, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, and that's really how it started. Um, and it started with me DJing the comedy show. Shouts out to my 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 big DJ homie DJ Yachty was our uh, DJ when we were doing the open mics. He kind of took me under his wing, gave me a few pointers, um, and and it was up from there. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope, bro. So so seven eight years in DJing. Um, yeah, I'm still no good. It's like the worst trick in my bag is DJing. Like I love hosting. I love tour routing. I love doing a lot of stuff and I love DJing because I love music. But if I had to be really honest with myself, I probably should practice more. Like if yeah. that makes any sense, like get my scratch game together, start dropping on the ones a little more cleanly. Um, but I love doing it. And I love the fact that people love when I do it. So, you know, I get a lot of practice during the week. Yeah, that's what's up. I mean, and then over, it does come with time. So oh, for sure. So are you more of the new school where you just sync it so you don't scratch too much? Uh, it is a lot of syncing. Um, most of it is definitely software and digital, you know, MP3s and WAV files. And um, yeah. I'm definitely more of a new school DJ. And for the longest time, I wouldn't call myself a DJ because I didn't have to create vinyl because I didn't Word. have to sit and learn how to, you know, do those techniques without YouTube. Um, so for the longest, I didn't even accept the title because I am appreciative and respectful of the art form of DJ. Mm. It's an art form. It isn't, you know what I mean? So even now, like I'm still a little iffy, but I scratch a little bit. I definitely blend a little bit. Um, but a lot of the stuff that we do, weddings and kind of the, the karaoke nights only call for you to sing. They don't ask you to get your yeah, DJ. Yeah, they don't need all that. Yeah, they don't have to give you a DJ bag. Yeah, see, my my dad's a DJ, so I I go back to the scratching and all that stuff. So, yeah. um, so I actually I respect your response because and you know I've I've dealt with DJs where it's like no I'm a DJ and then it's like I'm looking at my dad like I don't I don't know if he really a DJ like you if know he's what I'm really saying? Yeah. but they are they are like key to their key. I there's like this one running meme where it's like the promoter's mad he's not getting paid, the host mad he's not getting paid, the DJ shuts off the music. And That's it. Starts... <laughs> so they're the DJ vital. Getting paid. Yeah, the DJ's getting paid. Yeah. And then that was another thing. Once I kind of figured that out, and it's not all about the bag change, don't. But I mean, once I figured out that I could promote the event, host the event, DJ the event, keep the money in house, it changed my perspective on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, and that that's uh. So uh, I went to your Hollow Wicked. It was dope. Yeah. I could I had to drive to Indiana, so I couldn't say to the headliners, but it was dope. I like the setup. I like the environment. Um, and it's over there in Burden at the, the mansion. Right. That's what you guys call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that setup is so dope. So is all that. So as a mobile DJ service, that's all your equipment. Um, everything you saw on the front stage, it was me and another homie who put it together. So right. everything. All the sound equipment on the front stage would have been ours and everything that would have been off to the side of the pool stage is ours. Everything that's kind of hanging up is actually house system stuff. Word. So, okay. Yeah, we, did, we did bring in two full, two full PA setups is what we operated from. Um, but they do have a house system out there. Oh, okay. That's dope. 
All right, I was just I was just curious because I, I yeah. the whole and that the lineup was dope. It seemed like everybody had a good time, was enjoying themselves. You know, it was so that, that's dope. Uh, just the atmosphere and the environment was dope. Um, so I guess what's when you're DJing like a party or a wedding, and you know the next move is to get people drinking and dancing. What's your go-to track? Oh well, see, it depends on the environment. Um, if we're at a wedding. <laughs> Yeah, it, it does. It, it varies greatly because some clubs are like really urban and really hip. So you can break new records or play a lot of new stuff. Um, kind of anything that Drake and 21 dropped this year. If I'm in the club, we get that rich flex or that rap front, whatever that gets on. People get the party. In. Um, if I'm at a wedding, it kind of depends on the wedding. But you almost want to play something and it's going to sound really weird, but like cha-cha slidage. You know yeah. what I mean? Give me, give me a Cupid shuffle at a wedding and people get to move in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so it depends on the setting, but I do have a couple tracks um, that I, that I go to. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I just, I did my brother's wedding and I didn't know what I was doing, bro. I was just out there <laughs> like, this might hit. <laughs> yeah. And um, then what you do is, and once you see people kind of moving and kind of grooving, you try to stay in that pocket. You try to stay in either similar sounding songs or similar message songs, songs with similar BPMs. Um, you know, you just try to keep the groove. Once you have it, you try to keep it. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, that actually goes into my next question. Um, so there's been like a couple DJ movies over the last couple years uh, mm-hmm. or TV shows. They've had uh, that We Are Your Friends, where it's like Zach Efron, the DJ. And then right. the Turn Up Charlie, um, where this guy, he... Idris, that for... was Idris Elba, right? Huh? That yes. was Idris? Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought... All right. So that was my question. I was just going to ask you, like, so when it comes to that, do you also like just try to tap in and like um, because they have certain preferences in those shows where it's like you control and you master heartbeats and shit like that, like not that in depth, mm-hmm. but like is is it the real life experience? Is it similar to that, like controlling? It is. You're, you really are the party controller. You are the vibe setter. You are in charge of the mood. Um, because music is nothing but emotion over beats. That's all music right. is. Somebody's emotional state over instrumentals. And so you again, you try to tap in and, and it gets to a point, especially with experience to where you can feel it, to where, um, you know, you're playing your stuff and they're kind of into it. And you're kind of watching them and then they yeah. head to get the bobbin and the chicks come running out of nowhere. And you can fit is it's a feeling and it is definitely an, an emotional thing. People, especially when you're drinking, you get connected and you feel it in your feet and you bob yeah. <laughs> it. Is, it is. And you're connected to the people in a different way. Um, and, and it's crazy because you're doing it through music that you're not creating. As yeah. a creator, as, a, as somebody who makes music, that's what you try to do. But as a DJ, you're literally just trying to control the emotions for this amount of time. Dope. Yeah, I, I, that was just a personal like curiosity question because, yeah. you know, I've, I, I'll be doing my best, bro. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm still learning. And, and like I said, man, out of, out of all of my everything I think I do well, DJing is probably I'm the most insecure about it, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you so outside of DJing, you're also a show promoter. Um, mm-hmm. Let's kind of speak on that. What's your favorite type of show to host? Oh, uh, that's a great one. Probably major artist event like concerts with the major artists have to be my favorite um, just because you get to put people in position when mm-hmm. you even and you notice know when you brought Kirko or when you brought who was it? Who'd you bring right before Kirko? Uh, we did 30 Deep Grimy in Springfield. 
Okay. So when you bring these people and they have some gravitas to them, they have a little celebrity, you can see how that lights up other people meeting them or opening for them or performing in the same. You can see how that uh, influences other people or affects other people, I should say. And so I'd have to say I probably most like promoting shows that deal with a major artist or a major DJ um, of, in some capacity. Yeah. Um, we do, yeah, we do local showcases. We do open mics and I do like those. There's a, I like finding new talent. I like helping break uh, artists. I like helping move records, you know, up the charts if I can. Um, so I do like those environments, but I definitely like the grat the gratifying feeling I get of watching people. We did a uh, gorilla zoo and we had a bunch of artists. I was like, this was my favorite guy growing up and I got to meet him and blah, blah. So definitely giving people that gratification of dealing with a celebrity and making that celebrity accessible or hands on to regular people. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, I, I fuck with that answer. Uh, Cause I'm similar in a sense. Um, so what's been, what's been your favorite artist that you've, that you've hosted? <laughs> Um, I've hosted quite a few. I'm gonna have to go way, way back, uh, way back would have to be Raekwon uh, from Wu-Tang Clan. And it's just because uh, the influence Wu-Tang Clan had on me as a hip hop head when I was a kid. So when the, the, he might have and I don't get starstruck a whole bunch, but when they jumped off that tour bus and I was like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those moments. So definitely it had to be Raekwon. Um, and it was crazy because probably nine months prior to we had bumped into him in Miami. So right. we saw him in my yeah, We were out in Miami doing some promo again with Red Carpet Records, and we brought him here to Springfield, and it was just like a full circle moment. So definitely had to be Red Carpet. Damn, that's dope. That's dope. that boy been working. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've, we've talked about the good. What are some of the like the things you dislike about promoting shows? The entitlement, if I can say that without being a doucher, there's a and it's not just artists, people who pay for things, expect things a certain way. People. Uh, so it's the entitlement factor. Um, there's a lot of people who don't have a buzz or just building their buzz or uh, don't have any major songs, but they feel like they're entitled to things the major artists should have or or that treatment or um, the mismanagement of time would have to be another one. You tell people we'll be there at 830. Don't expect them till about 10 o'clock. Oh, uh, yeah. Just that kind of stuff. And, and really, it's just small nitpicky stuff. It isn't anything major, but I think it'd have to be time management and then people's sense of entitlement would be the two things that bother me the most. Yeah, and I can relate. Uh, I think Uzi said it best. Like, he was doing an interview with someone and he was like, I'm so sorry for being late. Like, and it is like, man, if you see, like, look, Uzi apologizing for being late, do you really think you should be late? Yeah. Like, you know, Uzi. despite what it is, he's like, no, that's very, like, you know what I'm saying? So, I, man, I feel you on that because, you know, you get artists asked when sound check, when sound check, and then they don't even show up. Like, then don't show up. Then be yeah. five minutes late. You call them the stage. They outside smoking weed or drinking or whatever they're doing. And this isn't every artist because I deal with, I mean, dozens, um, dozens of artists. And a lot of them are very professional. They yeah. are understanding of this is, you know, this is an environment that it's a business environment. But some people are hobbyists. They're they're hobbyist musicians and they treat it like it's a game or like people don't have there's nothing on the line. They don't have any respect for it. So that's that's got to be my biggest pet peeve. Yeah, no, I feel I was I was always curious because that'd be mine. And I'll be like, they'd be like, no, nah, you're bugging right now. I'm like, bro, am I really tweaking? Like, I shouldn't be tweaking about this. So it, but you know, I'm, I don't have that many promoter friends to really right. be like, yo, am I bugging right now? So no, no, you're not bugging fam. You keep on them. Keep on them. <laughs> Cause it, man, 
it's something. But to, just to switch back to the positives, though, because um, yes. like I said, when I came to Springfield and I had to pull that show together in two weeks, man, you were a big asset. So I'm super appreciative oh, of that. Anything I can um, do. And the artists you sent me, like you said, very professional. As some guy, I was actually running fucking behind because um, we had booked the DJ and the DJ like bailed, bro. He bailed an hour, two hours before the show. So, oh you know, I got guys showing up for sound check. I don't got no DJ. Right. So, right. Was, you know, so shout out to Yachty for coming through for that. And, you know, yeah. but Yachty the big homie, man. Yeah. No, nah, for real. I appreciate that because that, that whole setup. Um, so, how come people don't do shows there often anymore? Uh, well, they changed ownership. Um, oh. Yeah. Yachty's no longer the owner. Wet Bar is under a bit of a rebrand. The, the, the ownership group that owns the Replay Lounge, which was two doors down now mm-hmm. owns wet bar as well. Um, and I think it's just something they're not specializing in. Like wet bar was kind of known for the live shows. And I don't know if the ownership group, I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't even tried to rebook. So I don't know that they're not doing shows. I just haven't seen them promoting it. I know they have the capabilities. You have the facilities. Yeah. Um, I just think that the ownership group is prioritizing other things and the scene kind of switched to down the street. Now truth, uh, truth lounge is kind of the spot to go to, for the live performances. Yeah. And I, I've seen that. I've seen that on flyers a lot. So uh, what? tell me a little bit about Truth Lounge. Shouts out T.Y., man. Truth, Truth Lounge uh, has been around for forever. Used to be 11 West way back in the day. Then it was, oh, shit, Catch 22 for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Then it was an, another bar after that. So it has changed ownership a few times. Um, but T.Y. owns Truth Lounge. He's got both levels open. Downstairs has the dope stage and sound setup. Um, the VIP seating areas, they serve food upstairs. It's definitely more of a sleek, loungy upstairs. Definitely the nightclub vibe downstairs. Um, but yeah, T.Y. has been doing it big. He brought Kerry Hilson. He brought, uh, he's been bringing like major acts and then kind of letting us hang out with him as, as you know, locals and regional acts. So um, yeah. Yeah, they did, they did Kerry Hilson. They did uh, PFG Nut, PGF Nut. Did I say that? The dude who, hey, bitch, what up? Uh, yeah. that's, they brought him. <laughs> yeah. See, I couldn't. They brought El Hitter recently. Um, and he's, and is really big in the R&B. So they bring, I mean, the, I thought they were bringing Trey Song soon. Um, I know they had, uh, uh, what is that girl? Big, Don't spill too uh, much. Erica Banks, you know, they had a lot of stuff going on. So shouts out to T.Y., shouts out Truth Lounge. Like I said, I'll be there for New Year's uh, uh, for Jizzo's party. I'm excited about it. Word. That's dope. That's dope. Um, this will drop after New Year's, but hopefully, you know, yeah, it goes well. Cool. And everybody has a good time. Uh, so that's dope. I might have to tap in just to see. Like, All right. So you invite me to events all the time. So first, I apologize, man. Like my events are set up so my daughter can be with me. Absolutely. So, because th- just you know that parenting style, I don't get her. So there, it's usually set up to my events are set up to where she can be with me, like behind the the DJ table or behind the merch table, or whatever we're doing. Um, and I I know it's a crazy ass to be like, yo, can my, you know, that's a crazy right. ass. So I try not to. So I, you Any, and Ken Pacha always like reach out and invite me to stuff. Anytime you see us at Dumb Records, it's all ages. She's more than welcome. Okay. Okay. So dumb records, yeah, dumb records here in Springfield. Uh, they're a great bunch of guys. They uh, used to be the um, oh Black Sheep Cafe. Um, okay. So they have a record store. They have a performance venue. They have a arcade, all in one situation. And it is always all ages. No alcohol. No drugs of any kind. They always have a little snack, little little sodas and stuff on hand. So if we're ever at Dumb Records and you see that, 
pull up, pull up with your shorty is always a safe, fun hip hop environment. Yeah, yeah, I'm not because like she likes concerts, like I like concerts, and I always felt bad because I'm like, yo, you should come to my show, and then it's like, bro, you, I just invited you to something, and you didn't even. <laughs> so I'm like, look, man, I, <laughs> but you and Ken always invite me to stuff, but that's why I can't ever make it really because you know, and my dad's been telling me I need to just get out my own way and just everyone, it doesn't hurt every once in a while, so yeah. I plan to be better about that. Um, I was yeah. grateful I made the Hollow Wicked because that was that shit was dope. That was that was yeah, dope. Appreciate that. Um, Shout out Dizzy the Paperboy. That's his baby. He yeah. lets me promote it with him, but that's his baby for sure. Word. Okay. So um, you've mentioned a few venues. Like, uh, so what's been like your favorite setup for a show? Like, where do you, do you have a preference or? Oh, it'd have to be the mansion. Just, just based on all the amenities they offer, the look, uh, definitely the mansion. Um, probably favorite uh, regular venue would have been Wet Bar and it would have just been familiarity. We were there from the time they opened and Yachty always showed us love. So we brought everybody through there and it was the familiarity with the venue. Like yeah. I knew what the stage was. I knew how to turn the lights on. I knew how to plug in. I didn't need nobody for, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, those would be my two favorites. Uh, the mansion for the aesthetic and then Wet Bar just because, you know, I, I knew everything. Like yeah. it was like home. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh... That's what I, so have you ever have you like started to do shows outside of that area Springfield oh, oh for sure um I mean Lincoln shouts out to the rooftop I uh, got a couple homies to open a club up there but we have been doing shows in Lincoln St. Louis um uh Chicago Des Moines Iowa Wooster, Ohio, Philadelphia, Texas. We we had uh, showcases down at A3C in Austin. I mean, I don't, I'm not regional per se, just that like, dog, I'm everywhere. I'm literally everywhere. Work with artists from all markets, Atlanta, Dallas. Um, and so I do a lot of stuff here at home because I'm a dad myself. I have uh, three, three biological, two bonus. So I'm father of five. So I'm home a lot. And so I do things within about a two hour radius. I yeah. do a lot of champagne. I do a lot of Bloomington and Peoria. And, um, you know, I'm kind of chasing around and I'm trying to be where the money is, obviously. But I try to base as much of it, uh, as much of it around home as I can so that I can be. Yeah. No, I respect that. The daddy duties ain't no joke. <laughs> oh, man. what? What family church? You know what I mean? And that's that daddy stuff is for real. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to love it. You got to love it. Uh, so. I guess uh, just to wrap up the segment on promoting, like you, yeah. you have your Halloween festival and then um, I think I saw like a summer festival. Are you bringing yes. your summer festival back? Summer Jimmy Jam. That's the plan. Um, and it's kind of a similar setup, two stages, uh, the indoor pool. We do both at the same venue. Um, summertime, we try to bring somebody that to break somebody that has either a hot single that's been building since, you know, first quarter of that year. Or yeah. uh, uh, main regional. Uh, I think our biggest summer one would have been Montana 300 came. Um, and we had a good time with that one. Um, and so we try to either do a, a larger name regionally or somebody that's kind of touring and has a big single for the summertime. And then the Hollow Wicked, we just kind of, you know, the, the big shit. We do, we do what we like for that. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. So if you're listening to this, make sure you keep an ear out, keep an eye out on that. All his social is going to be in the description of this. You can follow him, stay tuned. Um, Cause the flyer always looks dope. I it was the the sand beach. That shit. That uh, the theme was fire, bro. So, um, but I guess the last segment I kind of want to talk about is you said you offer services and like management and stuff like that. So kind of kind of explain what what goes into that part of your business. 
that part is a lot. Uh, and it deals with artists more personally. Um, a lot of the stuff we do publicly, obviously everybody's invited to and everybody taps in. But when I say I offer services, um, I'm certified in various forms of marketing and promotion um, through Google, through HubSpot, through uh, uh, University of Illinois. I've got a few certifications from them as well through Chicago State. Like um, I've really just been pouring into that side of it because if you can't market yourself, if you can't promote your products, if you can't sell things, you're not going to survive in this industry. Um, and the other thing I learned is there's a gap. Creatives aren't usually the best business people. Mm -hmm. And that isn't, it's not personal. It's just how people are wired to think more of your accountants aren't going to get up and give you the craziest 16s. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're not going to be the dopest on the wiki wiki and on the DJ side. Yeah. It's, it's balance. And so um, I try to fill in the gaps for artists by creating promotional campaigns for uh, both digital and physical, you know, you want to do a full flyer layout. You want to get your merchandise in stores. You want to um, do those types of things. I help them route their tours. Um, I help them, you know, find venues. Uh, I help them get, um, I use my connections and, and some of my influence to help get features for artists. Um, just whatever I can do on that side, um, I try to do. I've learned to negotiate contracts. Um, yeah. There's a program through, um, NYU and uh, shoot, what is the website called? Um, it's a music industry essentials course. And it basically gives you the layout on the business side of music, because that's, again, that's where people fall through the cracks. And with us not being a major market, um, 217 isn't a major market, even from Champaign all the way to Quincy, we're not a major. We're, we're maybe 500 to 600,000 as a market whole. Um, and so we don't have the services of Chicago and Atlanta and Nashville has. And so I try to fill in a few of those gaps just, you know, with the artists. Um, I don't charge a whole bunch of money. Obviously, there's there's prices to things. I, you can't do everything for free. Yeah. But I try to be as affordable as absolutely possible and just help artists with things that they may not be in the know about. And if I'm not in the know about, I have no problem saying, hey, I don't know. Let's find out. Let's learn Word. together. Word. So Word. when I say I offer services, I mean, I'm tapped in with like 15 different websites that I have access to blog for, share content for. Um, I have a network of uh, industry professionals, kind of like you're talking to me now, my big homies are all tapped in at Epic and at Empire and at, you know, uh, um, Rock Nation and Dev Jam. So it's like I can lean on them and ask them questions or present things to them. Hey, maybe I have an artist I'm trying to break and they have an artist, you know, Dev Jam has an artist they're working. I might be able to put you on three of those tour dates, help you get the merch out, get secure you a feature, you know, things like that. So yeah. when I, that's, that's really what I say when I offer artist services, I try to offer label services without having you sign with me. Word. Yeah, no, that's dope. Uh, uh, pretty similar, but speaking on the, your relationships. Yeah. Cause you actually ran an interview series where you interviewed just higher tiered artists, like yeah. uh, one that sticks out is Dizzy, right? Cause I had just had guys on tour with them. And then I seen you do that interview. I was like, oh, this man tapped in. Yeah, shouts out, shouts out, Dizzy Wright. I really, I scored that one through my big homie, Q, the question. Um, he, he's the owner of SKE Records, and he's actually one of the biggest uh, marketers and PR people on the entire East Coast. And so shouts out to him for putting that together for me. And really, and that's what it was, was uh, it's the Connects Radio Show. And it started out as a mix show where we were kind of breaking artists and doing interviews with regionals. And then my homie was like, yo, why don't you tap in? And get some of these bigger acts, uh, Dizzy Wright, Hell Rail. We had uh, 
uh, Layla Kepri, who's actually the co-star of a movie on BET called Bundles. The movie just came out in November. We had, I, I mean, we had Bone the Mac, who's got a, you know, a platinum song. We've had, I've had some nice interviews on my show, thank God. Um, and that was kind of the premise was how big of an artist, what is the reach or industry professional that we can get? Um, and kind of the parameters are you got to have at least, and it sounds so minuscule now, but at least 10,000 followers on your IG for me to even put you on my show. Like yeah. it sounds cool, like, but like such a, a, a tiny basis to, but it's like, if you don't have any cachet or any uh, uh, panache in the industry, if nobody's looking for you, they're not going to be looking for the interviews. Yeah. You know facts. I mean? So we try to score. So we try to score the biggest interviews we could and can. And luckily I have relationships again with, with some people that are pretty high up at some pretty major labels. Um, and another great asset to that is, is DJ who better, who has been around the St. Louis scene for forever. I mean, he was doing interviews well before I was, and he had tapped in with major, major artists and he's kind of helping me out on that. And so shout out who better cue the question, uh, my big homie essence, uh, over at empire, um, Big Hef over it. He's at Epic now. He was at Def Jam. Um, so it's like, again, without those people, and, and uh, this is my favorite thing to tell everybody, your network is your net worth. Word. You can know everything in the world, but if you don't, A, don't know how to apply it, and two, who to pitch it to, you're getting nowhere. So always build your network. Your network will come to help you in immense ways if you trust it. If you put out good, you put out good work, you put out quality work, you become a consistent, reliable person in the business world your network definitely becomes your network word y'all better be taking notes <laughs> <laughs> word man all right all right so just I'll, I'll wrap this up let you get back to your day man where can people follow you and where should they tap in catch me on all your favorite socials at the real uncanny i'm not on snapchat um and i'm not on tiktok but other than that, I mean, I'm not a, I don't create music. So those aren't really spaces that I, yeah. and I always tell my wife that Snapchat's for cheaters. So if you want Snapchat real heavy, you cheating on somebody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a great promotional tool. Um, but everything else, I mean, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at the real uncanny on everything. Um, shouts out to my DJ coalitions, the fleet DJs, the nerve DJs, and of course the connects DJs. Remember it was connects. If you ain't connected, you ain't respected. Word, word. Appreciate you, boss. Appreciate you. Thank you for sitting down with me, man. No, I appreciate your time, man. Sorry, I missed the messages earlier. Um, if you need anything, I mean, anything at all from me, let me know. I'd be more than happy to help uh, or lend a hand or point you in the right direction. Um, and looking forward to building with you, man. Good vibes. Got a lot of good stuff going on. So I'm looking forward to building with you. Love. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. Love.